Welcome to Vonday Radio. It is September 10th in the year of our Lord 2022. And I am rejoined by Dr. Thaddeus Kaczynski. It's a great pleasure to have Dr. Kaczynski back on Vonday Radio. Dr. Kaczynski is the author of the Substack uh, letter Clemmy, which is uh, taglined Deconstructing Propaganda to the Glory of God and for the Salvation of Souls. He is also the author of a forthcoming work, which I believe is tentatively titled Antichrist Rising, the Plandemic and the Age of Unreality. Dr. Kaczynski, welcome back to Vonday Radio. It's a pleasure to have you. Thanks so much. Um, I am uh, in near San Francisco. That's why I have that background there, just in case anybody's wondering. Not the most uh, truth-friendly place, but, you know, I like to be in the belly of the beast. Why not? Uh, and there's a great Catholic Latin mass uh, in San Francisco, a star of the uh, Father Ilo, a wonderful, thriving parish, beautiful uh, Latin mass there every Sunday. And it's um, it's a diocesan mass. So it's it's great. Um, about that new book, still looking for a publisher. Um, I have uh, it's under consideration right now. The, the tricky part about it is it's both uh, thoroughly Orthodox Catholic and thoroughly uh, anti pandemic and you put those two together and it's hard to find a publisher <laughs> because th those who would want to publish it for its truth about the scandemic don't quite like the Catholic parts. And those who would want to publish it for my meditations on the implications of all this in spiritual terms don't really like the pandemic part. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> yes, it's interesting you mentioned that disjunction. And I'd like to um, talk about that a bit more later on. First of all, just to recap, in our last interview, Dr. Thaddeus Kaczynski discussed his 2019 book, Modernity as Apocalypse, Sacred Nihilism and the Counterfeits of Logos, which I would recommend to all our listeners. It's a great primer for the times we're living in, in 2022. And that interview was with regard to the latest of the play of shadows cast on the cave wall uh, with the COVID pseudo pandemic. That was in March that we spoke last. And um, you elaborated your thesis that we're seeing a, a Girardian escalation of violence, um, among other things, which um, oh, finds its genesis. Sorry, go ahead. No, I, I, I got excited when you said that. Go ahead, finish your sentence. <laughs> well, that, that, it, that it's rooted in our attempt to secure political order and peace. Yes. Absent corporate repentance and obedience to the gospel. And, and that is a type of apocalypse. Um, so here we are in September. Despite the, the quietening, shall we say, of the, the pseudo-pandemic narrative, um, although it could be heading, um, heading back this winter, nevertheless, we, we do seem to be on the precipice of seismic convulsions. There is uh, mass gaslighting over the inflation that is that is uh, uh, taking place across the West, its causes, no mention of the lockdowns. And um, what I'm seeing, Dr. Kaczynski, is, is what I've, a, a deficient analysis. I'm seeing a lot of bitty, disaggregated, swirling, ricocheting analysis that's sort of bewildering at times. But no one's really, in my mind, adequately connecting all of these pieces in a comprehensive analysis. For example, considering the economics alongside the medical dynamics and taking a step back and most importantly, looking at the entire panorama with a supernatural logic. So considering the energy crisis, the vaccine injuries and deaths, the war on cash, the anthropogenic climate change hoax, currency crisis, inflation, debt, attacks on the food supply, transhumanism, globo homo, cultural Marxism, all these threats to what remains of Christian civilization. So that, that satisfactory analysis is, I think, is still has yet to be transmitted. And I think if you go to many more traditional Catholic-leaning publications, such as The Remnant, you might get a lot of it, but you won't. There, there's, a, there's a lack of, of depth, I find, often. Yes. Um, and, and identifying that those long-term secularization currents, which is 
the apostasy of Western man from God have led to this point. And they won't go deeper into looking at the problems of the right wing of the deep state, the the deeper influence and control of Jewish power, Masonic power, and 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 analysis can be very superficial and sort of tabloidy, where it's you know Trump and Putin are fighting the New World Order or Mar-a-Lago is being desecrated, and it ju- it just seems to to lack some of that. I don't know if that's something you've detected as well. Sure, and and it's. I'd like to understand the cause of this, and I don't want to put too much blame on uh, these out that are doing great work. I mean, um, um, Michael Matt um, videos he's doing every couple of weeks um, from the remnant. Um, I don't know if you've seen any where he puts a lot together. Uh, he, he He's putting a lot together. I mean, he's certainly a Catholic who's talking about the scandemic, who's talking about the new world order. Um, there are some issues that nobody wants to take up and um, because it means instant marginalization and deplatforming and deplatforming. And um, I, I, I mean, that's just true for everyone. And one has to be prudent, um, not because one is being a coward, but because one has to think about his or her livelihood. And it's true. So there's that. So in other words, there is... There is um, uh, a coordinated, you know, systematic, deliberate effort to prevent certain realities from being transmitted uh, and being part of people's consciousness. So that's true, right? Add to that the fact that uh, many uh, of the good-willed people who are intelligent and have some sense of spiritual understanding have themselves in many, in, to some extent, internalized the commands of their oppressors so that they self censor And they literally have cognitive dissonance about certain issues. They have uh, unconscious um, allegiance to certain narratives, and they also um, have a very emotional and fear-based uh, understanding of what they can and cannot say according to the norms of their particular tribe. And this is especially true in academia. Um, uh, to a lesser extent, more popular media. Um, so you have that. Um, you also have a lack of depth of understanding of history, and that's because we have a lot of history that's propaganda, but also because of the, you know, the destruction that's happened over the past hundred years. Um, and not to mention that we're in a totalitarian, global totalitarian state. Uh, in other words, there is an all-out assault on truth, unprecedented history of human beings, and it's only getting, going to get worse. I'm surprised that there is anyone who's able to put any of the pieces together, and yet there are, because God is allowing that. He's still allowing us tools like social media, the internet, which can be used for great good, where we can find the truth. Um, it's still there. They haven't been able to shut it down. Um, but you're right. Uh, to put all the pieces together, you know, it's it, there's sort of two ways of looking at this. I mean, how many people can put all the pieces together in terms of the positive, in terms of the theological view of history, in terms of how God's reign is manifesting itself, how faith and reason go together, in other words, um, metaphysically, theologically, ecclesial, ecclesiologically, everything, metaphysically, it's hard enough to put all that together in terms of what's true and good and beautiful, in terms of the universal truth and the historical manifestation of that. But now you have to, you have, to have that already set in place in order to be able to understand the counterfeits of these and the attacks on them. How many people have that in place, first of all? a very, very small minority of anyone in the world. And Catholics, of course, there's been a deliberate assault on the ability for Catholics to be able to think holistically and integrally like that, we know. But then you have to then be able to understand the evil in an integrated, systematic way with all the players, the octopus, as Peter Koenig, you just mentioned the octopus, I think, Peter Koenig, Koenig um, just just gave a video on on the octopus, um, trying to make sense of like the head and all the tentacles. Just you could spend a lifetime trying to figure that out. 
um, just under trying to understand all the movers and shakers from the Freemasons, you know, um, the, 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 the left, the right, uh, the other occult group, WEF now, um, the Bilderbergs, Council on Foreign Relations. I mean, you could spend you could spend your life just studying the, the machinations of one of these things. But then yet they're all integrated. Nobody really knows at the top, do they? I don't know. They're they're the, the ones at the top are deliberately, of course, doing everything they can to be hidden. I don't know if we'll ever know. Um so look, we we're dealing with something that's that's just unthinkable or insurmountable. And I, and I think we do our best. And, um, you know, that gets to the question of how much do you have to know before you act, you know, because you could sit around and just study this thing for, you know, 12 hours a day and do nothing about it. Um, and still not get to the bottom. But I don't know that that's an interesting, question. I mean, I, how, how, how much do you have to go down the rabbit hole? How much do you have to spend time doing that? How much time, uh, doing other constructive things for the kingdom. Um, I don't know. Interesting questions, but I, I get your frustration and I agree with you. It's, um, it's, it's a tough issue. And I mean, we're, we're now entering into tomorrow was the nine 11 uh, anniversary, right? That was the beginning. Wasn't it? The beginning of, you know, in a sense, the, I call it the beginning of the reign of antichrist that day, because that's when I think we had the, the totalitarianism uh, begun beginning the, the censorship, the propaganda, the narrative. Um, that's when I first realized uh, a few years after that, I started to go down the rabbit hole and become red pill to use these expressions because I realized we were told the truth. How many today among the Catholic intelligentsia understand that? And how many of them are willing to talk about it? I've never seen the remnant talk about it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But but in order to understand the pandemic, you really have to understand that. You really do. They and you know, it's it's uh, it's disappointing that and 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 you know, it's time, right? It's two thousand one. It's it's twenty one years after. I think these days it's not as dangerous to talk about that issue as it was five years ago, 10 years ago. But it's still, as you say, a failure to come to terms with those events, those hoaxes in the sense that the, the, the presentation of, of the narrative of what happened there amounts to a hoax. I'm not saying it didn't happen, but the, the way that it was depicted. And... No, no, events are always, there's always events and there's murders and there's tragedy and there's evil people. And there's good people trying to do good things, like the fire firemen trying to save people. We're talking about the construction of an, a counterfeit account, narrative of the cause of it. And that's not really a narrative of what happened. Sometimes it is, but it's usually it's the cause and the perpetrators is where we get the where we get the uh, counterfeit. Yeah, that's the same yeah. thing with the pandemic, right? Everybody knows there's some kind of there's some kind of thing going on here. Um, it's not completely made up, is it? Um, and and yeah, and so you know, um, I mean, I guess if you're, I, I'm not really of the opinion that there aren't aren't viruses in the world. I don't know. I haven't looked into that the germ theory. <laughs> That's another rabbit hole I haven't gone down into. But obviously, there's something going on. Um, it and we know we know that the narrative of that was i mean as much as you can lying about it to the the, the biggest possible extent but the to, an effective propaganda narrative has to has to have some reality it's distorting doesn't it yes and that leads us on to one of your recent substack essays on the age of counterfeits it's titled what does it profit to gain the whole world and lose thy soul this is the activity of the devil. The devil doesn't have any clay himself. He he mars and distorts the creations of God. He is the simia dei, the, the monkey of God, the, the ape, the, 
the one that counterfeits. I wonder if you'd like to um, give the listeners a, a synopsis of your of your essay there. Sure. Well, you know, other essays have touched on the issue. I, I keep I feel like I'm saying the same thing every time in these essays in different ways and, you know, taking in new information and integrating it. It's the same thesis. We're in we're in an unprecedented age, the age of unreality, the age of counterfeits. Um, there's this has always been present in history, this element of, of, of lies. But there's never been a whole scale coordinated systematic like uh just ubiquitous unreality like that, that, that like we have today and in in so many different areas in so many different forms and i guess that's just what i'm writing about i'm trying to get people to realize this um and i'm also trying to understand why it's this way and what good could come out and in that essay, um, maybe in both of the latest two essays, I, I'm emphasizing that this is a trial. And God is setting up, allowing counterfeits of him and his kingdom and everything about uh, the, the Catholic Church and Jesus Christ and truth and good and beautiful. Everything that could lead you to God is being counterfeited. Um, and, and God's allowing that because he wants most of all for us to be able to choose him. And the price is high. The stakes are high. If you don't, you get sucked into the counterfeit. And just like in Plato's cave, you don't know it's a counterfeit completely. Um, and you may not be able to know. Because there's a sense in which you've given your 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 core, your heart over to this lie, um, and maybe that, and I mean, that's a mystery to how to understand why God would permit that. Because there are a lot of, it seems like there are a lot of innocent victims who are unable to see that this is a counterfeit by design, and so I, I wonder those people. But in this particular essay, I emphasize that the worst sin would be to rec- to to choose a counterfeit knowing it is and then i ponder that how could how is that possible how is it possible for someone to choose evil as evil or to choose a lie as a lie you know it makes sense to think somebody doing this being deceived or deceiving themselves but in the but you know in the end at the end of the day they they think it's true even though they're deceived but what about the possibility that they really don't they really they really don't they know that, that they know in a sense they're deceived and they're they, they simply want something more than the truth, knowing that they're doing that, knowing it's the truth. And I remember first thinking this with the 9-11 attacks, because these people who do these attacks usually leave clues. It's called right. revelation, called revelation of the method. Yeah. They they want you to kind of sense that you're being fooled, right? But they also want you to not care about that enough because this, the narrative is something you, you, you love so much. What does it do for you to embrace the narrative of 9-11? You get to feel yourself as part of the good guys. You get to know who the evil is. You get to feel saved and feel secure and feel righteous simply because you're part of this tribe that was attacked. That's a kind of salvation. Um, and at some point you want that so much that you refuse to look at the po- very good possibility that it's not true. I really do believe that was happening then. And I think that was the intention. Um, it's the dark liturgy, right? Cause in the true liturgy, God never hold, uh, makes secrets. He doesn't give us secrets. He, he lays it all out. He says, here's, Here's what it is. You can go deeper into it, right? Um, but never that it's never that you. The liturgy is all about more and more revealing of the truth, so that you choose it for the sake of its truth. Whereas dark liturgy is a revelation of evil um, and lies 
such that you believe it and embrace it as a lie because you want it more than the truth. That's that's dark liturgy. And in many ways, COVID, the whole COVID um, liturgy that we had, and you could see it, right? There's sacramentals, there's sacraments, there's priests, there's dogma, <laughs> there's the sheeps and the goats. Um, I, I think it was also meant to, uh, in a way, reveal the method, to, to, to put the clues in there that they're being lied to. And so, yeah, that's what I sort of meditate on in, in, that, in that essay on counterfeits. Um, is that what's going on? Are, are people being led to choose counterfeits as counterfeits? Yes, I um, discussed this with another guest, um, Michael Stroke, Jonah of Nineveh, the problem of consent, how the devil desires the consent, the willing consent of souls in order to ensure uh, their perdition. And we certainly saw an opting for unreality from many, many learned, esteemed Catholic intellectuals, shepherds, lay leaders. In the last two years, you mentioned the philosopher Ed Faser. I've talked before about the the SSPX statements in response to the injections, Roberto Di Mattei. These otherwise very sound figures who are incredibly learned in Thomistic metaphysics and the revolution in history and the adherence to the church's doctrinal and liturgical integrity. But then you just have this ahistorical Thomism when it comes to addressing a great attack of evil happening right now. Yeah, let, let's, point, let's just talk about whether, you know, in theory, if there was a plague or a pandemic, could a, a common good authority, the state, uh, you know, mandate certain medical requirements uh, to protect the common good. Oh, yes, they could. Okay, well, then we shouldn't be really against these things. Okay, Ed Fester and others, they're mandating poison. You idiot. Okay. These these people are up in their ivory towers and they just, everything is abstraction for them where they, they prioritize ideas over things. And they, they choose to, or I, I don't know, but they, the fact that they cannot have seen in the, in the year prior to that, that the violation of public health policy protocols with regard to quarantine the healthy, which is unprecedented, by, with the ludicrous claims that asymptomatic transmission drives an epidemic, with the, the ludicrous claims that this respiratory virus was spreading on surfaces, you know, that it could be stopped with the wearing of muzzles. These, this, this whole architecture of lies, that that would somehow be apart from the state's imperative and the huge propaganda campaign and in- intimidation to force citizens to receive this experimental serum. And that they just stand dispassionately from all of that history. And this is what I mean about ahistorical Thomism. And just, as you say, look to apply these, these abstract principles. Look, you have an obligation. If you call yourself a philosopher, okay, you advertise yourself as a philosopher. And you've got this little quote on your website. Ed Fesser is one of the greatest philosophers today. Okay. You are obliged to follow the truth where it leads. You know why? Because that's your vocation. Not everybody has the ability and the balls to do that and the intelligence and the education, okay? That's your job. And you do need to know the abstract truths and you're able to comprehend them better than other people, okay? That's why you're chosen for this by God. But you also have to find out what's going on on the ground, okay? And you're good. You should be able to do that, too, with all your research skills. Right. So there's nobody more able and and and, um, you know, almost cultivated for the for the job of going into the darkness and finding out the truth and coming back like a hero's journey to reveal that to us common people. Okay, 
you dare to use your perch and use your vocation to obfuscate the truth, okay, for whatever reason, at best, you're just, you're just some, like you said, ivory tower, a, a, toma, a historical Thomist, and you don't know what you're doing, and you think you know what you don't know. That's also Socratic sin, okay? You're supposed to know what you don't know. At worst, though, you know to some extent that it might be true what Thaddeus Kaczynski is saying, that conspiracy theorist. But, you know, you're going to lose your your prestige, your little perch. You, you, you know, someone's not going to like you. Is that the reason? Is that the reason? Because if that's the reason, you're on your way to hell. Okay? You're on your way to hell. That's the reason. And I'm afraid that many people are in this situation. It seems like that to me, that, that they've chosen – their perch, their prestige, their little tribe group. And that is an example of um, choosing the counterfeit. And you know why I say this? Because when you confront them with incontrovertible evidence, okay, for instance, that this is poison, how many have have you seen convert? I I almost have seen none, nobody convert when, once they've made this decision. They, they just, they you know what they do? They scapegoat you, they mock you. They cancel you. They slander you. Okay. And it's like, hey, philosopher, you're not allowed to do that. You, you need to look. You need to look. Okay. You need to look. You're not allowed to say, see no evil, hear no evil. So this is the treason, treason of the Catholic intellectuals, the treason of the bishops, the treason of Bergoglio. And you know what kind of treason it is? Murderous. If there's one person who read Fesser, who got the shot and died, I mean, I, I wouldn't want to be in his shoes. Right. Yeah, that goes for many other um, Catholic leaders, um, are both both clergy and laity who took the same position. And it, it's this post-Cartesian split, again, between thinking and doing, where, you know, St. Thomas Aquinas obviously spent great time in the studium, you know, um, the Summa Contra Gentiles and the Summa Theologica and so on, corresponding with the King of Cyprus. But he was also out in the public square preaching. Yes. And he was also uh, going to the Dominican convocations as a definitor of the Roman province to, you know, to discuss the, the tangible, you know, pastoral matters of the day. He was not this, this pure Cartesian yeah. abstract thinker. And that's the model that they're not following. Yeah, but then they also come off, they try to come off as they are, you know, they're, they're like down to earth guys. And they also, you know, talk about all this research they've done and they show it, but it's, don't they realize, I mean, the main thing is, as a Catholic, as a, as a human, but especially as a Catholic, you have the obligation to know as much as possible when you're being lied to, because then you can't act prudently, okay, if you don't have the data. You can have all the principles of the wor in the world true. You can have the best intentions, too. You can have the virtues, right? But prudence requires knowledge of the on-the-ground facts of things. And we are not in a position right now to be able to just unquestionably, without question, just accept what any authorities tell us. How could you possibly think we are in this situation? And, and by the way, these same people who mouth the party line on certain issues, they're the first to be skeptical of other authorities and narratives, right? So they're not naive. But when it comes to certain ones, I wonder why all of a sudden they're different. By the way, uh, that article by Fesser was written a while ago, I think over a year ago, the one I, I um, cited. I, I, I'm open to the, I don't follow his work. So I'm op open to the possibility that Dr. Fesser has has changed his mind and has seen the truth. I have not yet seen him re retracting that. So, hey, Ed, I call on you. I challenge you right now to look, find the truth, discover it, and then retract that essay, and then apologize to everyone who you misled and maybe has caused the death of unintentionally. I'll give you that. But this is a life and death matter now. It's coming to the point, you know, it used to be like where, you know, you talked about liberalism and maybe you you didn't really you didn't really deconstruct 
Now, if you kind of like certain forms of liberalism, but not others, you know, this is the first things uh, uh, before with Richard Newhouse was like this, right? You had Michael Novak and Weigel and, and they just, they just um, scapegoated and slammed David Schindler and Michael Hamby and these guys who were trying to show them that they were wrong, right? It didn't seem like anybody died because of this, you know? I mean, it, it was just sort of intellectual in-house debating, right? I mean, there were consequences, spiritual, definitely, but you have, I mean, right now, it's life, it's life or death, okay? You, you philosophers and theologians, the stakes are high, like, higher than you can imagine here for souls for bodies and uh i don't know it's scary i mean i don't i don't i don't think that i'm uh just i'm just as scared I'm, i mean i'm scared for myself the stakes are so high now so it's it's uh it's powerless with the situation we're in um and people have always had their court sophists yes you, as you mentioned earlier there is the sort of personal prudential consideration of protecting one's livelihood, yes. you know, um, or, uh, let's say as the, the father of a, of a household who's trying to raise uh, his family in, a, in as traditional an ambience as he can. And let's say has a position at Catholic University of America or Steubenville. Right. They, they know it's sort of unspoken that there are certain things they can't say. Yes. Um, now, as I say, those are prudential matters, so it's hard to make general statements. But I, I do wonder that the the revolution, the enemies of the church are so powerful now that it precludes so almost a, a, a total articulation of truth on vital issues that you have to wonder where it's going to come from. And, and are we at a point where at some point, People just need to take the hit and and prepare for martyrdom even. I think we are. And I think everybody has to discern this, but I, I think it's becoming, I mean, right now, just, just think about this. In Germany, um, because of the deception of the Ukraine uh, event, um, the Germans have cut, off, cut themselves off from Russia, the Nord... Uh, Nord one and it's not Nord. What is it? Nord. Uh, Nord Stream one and Nord two pipelines. Yeah, I, I didn't want to say Nordstrom. I was I was I was scared, afraid of saying Nordstrom, the department store. Nord Stream one and two, right? Doing this um, because of the propaganda that we have to support Ukraine, their freedom fighters, and we, we you know, as well as I know, this is all just uh, in a way, scandemic part two, um, 9-11 part three, whatever you want to say, uh, false flag and propaganda and demonization and all the same old script, right? But because of this, Germany may not be able to heat their homes uh, this winter. There may be um, food shortages and starvation and deaths from cold. So at this point, you know, do we have prudence here when we're talking about, or or how about people who are afraid to speak out, who think they might, those vaccines might be toxic. We have a Holocaust in our midst. Millions are dead already, murdered, cold blood murdered by these shots, whoever orchestrated them. And many millions more will be murdered. Really? It's not time to talk about that? Okay, so... I, I mean, you're right. Um, it, it, I, I don't know. It, you're, you're right that at some point it gets so bad that it's martyrdom and it's preaching the truth at all costs. Um, I, I, I hear you. I, I think you're right. And I th there have been some um, scholars who have come out, Catholic intellectuals, um, who have come out against the shots. There's very few of them, and but there have been some. And I think they're, you know, it's funny. They tend to be retired, and they no longer work for an institution, and they've got a pension, and they're old, and they kind of say, hey, I can tell the truth now. But even even they don't always tell the whole truth. But it, it's funny. Um, it's funny how much... Uh, how much coercion there is uh we have free speech right laws and um 
you can say what you want, but the, the self-censoring is, is incredible. It's, it's almost worse than if you didn't have free speech rules. Yep. Dynamic silence. It's, they've got plausible deniability where they can still give this lip service to liberal democracy, uh, which yeah. never existed, but they, they can nevertheless sort of disguise the, the tyranny behind that. And as you say, the choice has always been martyrdom or Christendom. There are no other choices eventually. Yes. And it is imperative on those that are able to take the hit to do so. I think that you mentioned the difficulties that we're likely to encounter this winter. Mass deaths are very deflationary. And with the runaway inflation we have at the moment, this might be a part of the agenda to, well, lockdowns are deflationary, to to get the the inflate the the monetary situation under control as a result of the profligate credit creation in response to the the pseudo pandemic because this is my analysis they are purposefully demolishing the the currency uh, because it has been debased over such a long time since the sexual revolution which was the social pronouncement that we were no longer going to have the family as the basis of the social order Right. which is the end of growth. Yes. Something, only something is alive if it's growing. And when we collectively took that decision, that was the end of the economy. It just took 70-odd years for it to play out. Um, mm. But those demographic trends are now finally being realised, Being mm. uh, the effects are being felt. I've got here a... The map that I might put on screen for our our viewers, it's of the world in 1950, and it's by each continent, the average age, the median mm. age. Uh, North America is 30, Europe is 29. Then by 2020, um, North America is 39, so it's nine years older, and Europe is 43. Mm. So this is information that the Judeo-Masonic elites know. And they know that it's too late to turn this around now. It's like a, it's like a yeah. tank. It, 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 you're going to feel the, the pernicious effects before you're able to remedy it. With these median ages now, it's beyond the fertile age of women. So mm-hmm. you have the policies that you'd need, which would be basically dismantling the welfare state and the ending of this, this gluttonous uh, spending and debt. You would, you know, cause. Um, a mass revolution. So the the usurpation of the money power, scripture says that the debtor is under the power of the creditor. And what we've seen with the embrace of the consumerist materialist lifestyle by society across the West since the sexual revolution, when man started worshipping money instead of God, is this surrender to the money power. Whereas Revelation 18 says, the merchants became your lords of the earth. The bridegroom and bride and the and the bride were were silent. They were not to be found. The and, 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 and the pharmacia. And the far and by the pharmacia, all nations were deceived. That's an image of Babylon, which is a figure of the earthly city, the Augustinian earthly city, as opposed to Jerusalem, the city right. of God. And that is a description of our current dismal tragic situation in the apostate nations of the west um and i think this explains why this judeo-masonic elite are intensifying and accelerating their aggression towards the remains of christian civilization so strongly at the moment they're considering these architectonic trends they know that that bourgeois consumerist paradigm is already over 2019 was the peak consumerist society it's all downhill from here and Sovereignty, it, one aspect of sovereignty is credit creation, is money creation. That's why we have, we used to have the queen on the, on the, on the uh, currency. You have George Washington, the federal government. Um, that, that public privilege has been usurped by private interests because banks create money. And this is something that's been conclusively proven by Richard Werner, Catherine Austin Fitz, so we've seen there the punishment for our sins that, that the merchants that have become the lords of the earth. 
And they know that the national debt, the sovereign debt, is getting to a stage now, like the Ancien Regime in France, where the government are unable to borrow the amount to service the interest on its debt. They're not even able to borrow enough to service the interest just to maintain the debt. So they're about to go bankrupt. And that's why they're collapsing the currency after all this debasement, after all this usury, and where they've had access to this, this sovereign privilege of credit creation. Uh, and this is another fundamental issue that conservatives won't address, that this right. money power has usurped sovereignty from the nation state. To give an example, uh, on the demographic side, in Estonia, the school system is going to collapse in five years from lack of teachers because of the demographic winter that they're heading into. They just won't be able to run the state school system. So we're on the precipice of all of this. I think the the elite conceal this. They know this. And that's why they are imposing these authoritarian forms in order to control and pacify the population and make fear the basis of the social order to bring in tyranny, which they'll need once um, the standard of living collapses, which it's in the process of doing right now. Wow, that's a great analysis. You should write that down and publish it. That's very yeah, good. That's, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, I'm, I'm working on that. Yeah, that's excellent. Um, yeah, that's coming. And so I guess um, I haven't thought much about what to do in this situation that's coming as a Catholic, as a father of a family, and as a philosopher and teacher. Um, it's hard for me to imagine Um what that would, is going to look like and feel like, uh, what it's going to mean to be a missionary and to save souls in that in that situation, um, uh, how I'm going to make it and survive. Uh, honestly, I don't I don't think I have the ability or courage to to really keep that in the front of my mind. I I um I'll, I don't know. Do you have advice on that? This is this is when it comes to that kind of thing, the practical in, in a situation of of uh, the apocalypse and uh, Mad Max <laughs> and the Hunger Games and whoever else. I mean, this, this has been given to us imaginatively in, in fiction and movies, right? I mean, we've kind of seen what it is. Oh, what, what it might look programming. Like. It is predictive programming. Um, yeah, Mad Max, Hunger Games, um, the Book of Eli, you know, Blade Runner, maybe. I don't know. Um, <laughs> zombie, the zombie artifacts. The zombie, the and then you've got the AI going going crazy with all those those movies. I don't know. Um, do you think God might prevent it? Do you think there's a chance that God can intervene? At the I mean that that's their plan, right? But they don't they don't own property. These guys, the God's just given them a, a bit of a string to hang themselves, but uh, a rope. But um, is it still possible to prevent? this or or is god going to allow it because that again that will be another trial and another way that god's forcing us to cry out to him and um and and again the script is given us in revelation um one, one thing we neither of us have talked about today is is the is this question of the possible intervention of god and from my study of mystic mystics there is something that's going to happen before this great chastisement, which is maybe what you're talking about, uh, maybe we're just in the the initial stages of it, um, and that's the warning. Uh, this is the universal recognition of everybody's uh, position before God, the illumination of all consciences. If anything could prevent this from happening, it could be that, or is that going to bring it into even faster, uh, <laughs> faster application? Because of the panic and and uh, i don't know any thoughts on any of that I'm, I'm just interested what you think i think that god is going to allow systemic collapse he needs to to break modern man's pride and yeah. his stony hearts to to have the the um monstrous pride to think that you can live life ignoring your creator and mm. savior to live a life of practical atheism where your daily life, habits, customs testifies to the non-existence of God is not what we were made for. And um, it's, that's why I, I think that atheism, as Father Thomas Green says, is not a, an intellectual problem. It's a moral problem. Yes. Every, everyone believes in God. It's just that um, some have got into a stage of 
of mortal sin where they rationalize non-belief of god uh in order to uh, ignore uh or to turn away from the the eye of judgment not to say that everyone rationally believes in the the triune god of of revelation and the, the the contents of the faith without uh, without hearing that but nevertheless they they will believe as a defined dogma that they can rationally believe in um in the creator and so man needs to be reminded of that and i think that's why this collapse will happen of how how dark the horizon is turning away from from god uh nicholas gomez davila said modernity will not be punished modernity is punishment mm. and there's something of that dynamic happening but god being the god of love that he is that collapse i think will will merge into an illumination of conscience as you say and then uh, a divine chastisement fire from heaven as our lady of fatima our lady of akita has uh, described and i think that will be felt most keenly by um piling churchmen yes most to blame for this and by the way wh- why are they most to blame getting back to our issue of prudence and uh preservation of your of your of your family they don't have families okay the bishops and priests they have nothing to lose and everything to gain they don't have to protect a wife and children the fact that they're the they're the ones who would have be needed to speak up because they can be martyred in a way. I mean, we could all be martyred, yes, but you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. in other words, the reason they're bishops and the reason why there's a vow of chastity and they don't have families is because they are called to lay down their life for their sheep. That's their main job. And I'm just saying, you're right. They're going to be held responsible because they were the ones who were supposed to speak up. You and I, it's heroic virtue if we do it. It's normal virtue. It's what they're called to by their very vocation to do it. And the fact that not only did they not do it, but they did the opposite. I mean, I just, it's unimaginable how evil the bishops have been. Unimaginable. Yeah, they chose friendship with the world. And um, the Epistle of St. James describes that choice. So we are their, their spiritual children. We are their flock. They are our fathers. And yes. errant fatherhood is the greatest yes. surge that we can possibly have. And that, that characterizes the whole tragedy of modernity, the errant and abusive fatherhood. Well, because we know what that does. It eclipses the father, the true father yep. from consciousness. Or it makes us hate the true father or fear the true father or be disgusted or... I mean, anything but love and, and knowledge, right? So you're right. There's nothing. And that's why St. Joseph maybe is the greatest saint for today, because he mirrored he mirrored the eternal father for, for the son of God. He's the ultimate anti-modern, isn't he? <laughs> In that sense. It's a sublime uh, meditation, which one can plumb. Uh, one could plumb for one's entire life, what one could meditate on. You're right. The awesome privilege and responsibility of of human fathers to image God the Father yes. uh, to their children, and as you say, that God chose a man who was conceived in sin uh, yes. to to image uh, God the Father to the Son of God. Um, yes, is, is yeah beyond words. Yes. but I'm yeah. seeing consolations and signs of hope. As things get worse, I'd be interested if you've encountered this, particularly from um, people from the millennial generation, Generation Z, who are um, being more and more drawn to metaphysical realism and then ultimately the faith. Yes. And they are they come with a spirit of an uncompromising spirit with a, a, a rigid spirit. And I think that that trend is going to just... Um, yes. It, you know, accelerate. The Padre Pio actor, right? Yeah. What's his? Do you remember his name? Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, he. That's a good example of this, isn't he? Yep. Exactly. Yeah. And of course, they get they get made fun of and mocked by the uh, "Where Peter Is" crowd, the progressives, the Francis Pope Francis lovers. 
I mean, they're they're in for it too. These guys, they mock everything that's good and hate everything that's and hate every. They mock every mock and hate everything that's good, and they promote everything that's evil. And they do it with this smarmy, sort of uh, holier than thou uh, arrogance and piety. Oh my gosh! I, yeah, I, I that's another rabbit hole. But I think a lot of those people are not pointing any figures anyone in particular. But I get the sense a lot of them aren't actually Catholic. In that yeah. it's a completely astroturfed organization, and we know from John Podesta's emails where the Catholics for um, Catholics for Spring was this idea of setting up a heterodox, dissenting, liberal Catholic movement that would be sort of controlled by American intelligence to advocate for for heretical uh, positions. And so I, I wonder if a lot of these these figures yeah. so there was something about. Father James Martin being chosen, this uh, idea that, that he's sort of he's an he's a, an agent provocateur. He's he's put yes. out there to, to purposefully to to aggravate uh, and irritate and then and kind of make these shocking and horrendous statements. For example, about Bishop uh, Rembert Weakland who died, um, and then he kind of pulls that back, and then he, he tentatively it's 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 very pathetic uh, yes. all these games that they play. People are starting to see through it, though. I think more and more. Them, um, you're you're probably right. I, I should ignore them more. Uh, it's it's bad for me. I think to, <laughs> I get I get so mad. At them. Um, no, likewise, I I completely, uh, yeah, completely sympathize. Yeah. So there is hope, um, and I think the, it does seem to me that as more people drop dead uh, and get sick, it's just going to become impossible not to recognize what happened of course there's going to be people who will never see it right but i don't know do, do you think that that they're not going to be able to re- i mean they're going to try to cover it up they're going to try to um say that it's caused by loud noises and people sleeping on their stomachs and a sudden adult death and all that but do you think that they overstepped they overplayed their hands i mean we know that evil always overplays and it always uh, it's the it's the hubris it's the it's the tragic fall um, and they can't help themselves, right? They have to, they must. And God wants, God allows them to on purpose. Um, do you think that might be the case to some extent? I think so. The devil uh, digs pits for his own followers. And you're, as, as you say, there's the revelation of the method as well, where they, they're almost inviting you realize the delusion that they the powerful delusions to use the biblical language that they have yes. given themselves over to i you've probably done more research than i on the actual medical effects of this serum i think that undoubtedly it is immunosuppressant yeah so what we're seeing is just you know and it's compounding so the more booster shots that they give and that's what they're doing at the moment to kill all the old people because that's also deflationary and uh, depopula- uh, depopulates and helps alleviate the burden on the welfare states. As they continue to do that, I think over a long timeline, yes, we're going to see a lot of a lot of very vulnerable uh, people uh, with their immune system, which is worsened by the great poisoning, the toxic environments that we talked about before we went live, and then the uh, possible food shortages and bad living conditions the cold and so on so yeah i think it's it's all part of that i don't know if i mean obviously there's you know massive instances of myocarditis and um heart problems um but i don't know if that's going to be completely for people that have received the shot i and i do think if they have there are there are steps they can take to their immune system there's also um i heard a report about this i forgot which scientist or doctor um you know a lot of it was placebo I understand the first time around and then they get a lot of people to take it. Look, everything's fine. Look, it's great. And then the next time they make it maybe 50% placebo, 50%. And then they keep raising it up. So there are people who received a placebo and nothing will happen. And that was ingenious for them to do that. Um, So, um, and there is some steps to take to detoxify. That's true. Um, Dr. Mikovits is good on that. We I mentioned her, Judy Mikovits has a, a whole protocol for that. Um, which my wife is taking, not because she got the shot, but because of the shedding. Uh, and she's been suffering effects of the shedder, shedding of other people who've gotten the shots. Um, so anyway, um, yeah, it's a good time to be alive. 
Theo, uh, the best time. Um, you know, uh, we're in, what is that Chinese proverb? Uh, you know, uh, cursed are you if you're born into interesting times or something like that. Um, <laughs> that's what they are. Uh, and I would just encourage everyone um, to see that all of this as an occasion to become that saint that you say you want to be, that this is it. God's not allowing you to uh, live a bourgeois, materialistic, worldly existence. It's not going to work. You can't do it. And if you do it, read my articles about this. If you try to turn your eyes away from this, you will be choosing the counterfeit and you'll be doing it to some extent, knowing it's a counterfeit. God doesn't want you to do that. But if you do, the stakes are high. It means more culpability and less chance of grace um, you encountering grace, you being receptive to it. So to me, um, I would rather live where the sign of hell is right there in front of you and you know exactly where not to go or where to go if you want than the, than the, than the slowly sloping hill that C.S. Lewis talks about in the screw tape letters, I think, where imperceptible uh, decline into damnation. And that's what we have. We don't have that imperceptible decline. Uh, that was the 80s, maybe, <laughs> the mm -hmm. 90s. But, but I, I think after 9-11, we haven't had it. It's been, it's been growing to this. And in that sense, it's a, it's a godsend. Yep. I do not understand how to reconcile any of this with God's mercy um, when I think about children being vaccinated, murdered, as well as getting sex change operation irreversible. I leave that to God because when I think about that, I get mad at God, to be honest. I shouldn't. But I, I, I know I shouldn't, of course, but it is mysterious how much, how much, how many victims there are of what's happening. It's, it's, the, it's, the, it's, the, it's the, it's the babies. It's the, it's the babies and Herod, it's Herod's murder of the babies. Isn't yep. It? Yep. Yep. Which our law and our Lord gave a, a, very, a very vivid description of what will happen for those that scandalize the little ones. And you're right. right. I, I get angry. I get angry at the perpetrators. When well, you see when you see surgeons standing next to a child they've mutilated in the jagged scar across the chest where they've cut off their breast, yeah, I, I I want to uh, to to take the picture of that surgeon's face, log it, put it in a database for the reign of Mary when um, justice will be done to those evildoers. I I hear you, um, and yeah, so. We have to we have to be aware of this. We have to look at these evils. Let it let it be a um, an occasion for prayer, for reparation, and for surrender to God's mysterious providence. We know that He will bring good out of all this. Um, and um, yeah, it's it's time to uh, surrender to God absolutely, completely. Um, this is God's making it pretty clear. If you don't. Um, you may not make it, okay? It's he wants he wants to surrender, and also the greatest saints will appear at the end of time, as Louis de Montfort said. And uh, I can't help but think that this is the time that will those saints will arise, and maybe we're called to be those saints. And so, no, we are called to be. Those we are. Amen. Amen. Seek first the kingdom of heaven, Doctor Kaczynski. Thank you so much for your commentary for your analysis and for sharing your wisdom um uh, substack is clemmy and your podcast is is it the resisting the pandemic pandemic resistance i just started it um i have a couple of uh, podcasts i'm thinking of doing some interviews at some point uh, it's in early stages but i got a couple of things up there um, and we'll see how it goes. And uh, yeah, the substack is Clemmy is the name of my cat. So it's just kind of silly, but I, it makes me the, 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 the subject matter of my substack is so dire that it's I like to have a funny thing on there. <laughs> but it's thaddeuskaczynski.substack.com. And the scandemic resistance is up on uh, Apple Podcasts. It's also on Spotify and Anchor FM. You can find it there. I'll be adding content probably once a week, once every two weeks. Hopefully more, though, if I can, if I can find the time. Brilliant. We look forward to that, and I will add those links in the description below. 
Dr. Kaczynski, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Theo. Take care. God bless you.